Hey, everybody. This is Authentically Erica with yours truly, Erica Thomas. And in this week's episode, we are going to be talking about some subjects that I would probably put a little bit of a parental advisory on. It's not explicit content. However, the subject matter is a little sensitive. So I wanted to just give you that heads up, but definitely tune in. This episode contains just stories of triumph, breakthrough, deliverance, healing, and I really believe that it will be a blessing to all who listen. So tune in. This is Authentically Erica with Erica Thomas, and we are living from the inside out, partnering with God to live authentically in all of who he created us to be. Hey, everybody. It is Erica Thomas again with another episode of Authentically Erica. And today I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with April and Tony of My Ashes to Beauty. And I want you ladies to introduce yourselves. Tony, I'll allow you to go first. And then April, if you would introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about My Ashes to Beauty. Thank you, Erica. I'm so honored to be here. My Ashes to Beauty started eight years ago. So I am the founder and director of a post-abortion and healing ministry, which we have also started to incorporate sexual abuse as well. Awesome. In April? Hi, my name is April and I am a wife. I've been married for about almost 21 years and I have two beautiful children. One is 19 and one is 16. And I have two bonus children as well and three grandchildren. I have homeschooled our children all the way through and I'm actively in the ministry of my ashes to beauty. I'm honored that I get to be part of God's work and what he's doing through my ashes to beauty. And I'm um, just honored to be here. Thank you so much, Erica, for letting us be here. Well, it's definitely my pleasure. So I, I want to give a little bit of background as to how we even got to this point. April and and I met through her small group that she had under the church that we were attending together. And we hadn't really talked in a while since the whole pandemic thing. And out of the blue, April kind of called me. Um, and it was really like, I think I had just started the podcast or maybe it was, maybe I was like an episode in or, or somewhat. And we started catching up and I had the opportunity when I was in a small group of hearing April's testimony of healing um, and deliverance and some things that she had went through. And then she told me about my ashes to beauty and all the amazing work that a you, Tony, was doing. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And she told me about the portion that you guys added. And I was like, that's such a a powerful message, a powerful platform. And so many people need to talk about it. It needs to be out in the open. So I was like, well, April, if you guys want to come on to the podcast, feel free. Because one of the things that the Lord showed me that this platform will allow is for people to tell their own personal testimonies of how the Lord took them from a place of I guess, 
either bondage, trauma, deliverance, however the path has taken you to literally being all who God created you to be. So it's exciting for me. I'm excited to see what he's doing, what he's going to do and how he's going to share. But would either of you ladies like to share um, a little bit more about who you are, what God has kind of led you through to get to this point and how you can serve other women? I'd like to share, Erica. So my story starts as a young teen, preteen, choosing unhealthy coping mechanisms. I started drinking scotch whiskey at 12 and doing drugs at 13 and sex at 16 and my abortion at 21. So as a result of me stepping away from the protective umbrella that God had over our, my family, I chose to make my own decision starting at the age of 12. Well, you could imagine those were very poor decisions, which as I got older, depression was starting to set in. I never learned how to communicate properly with my voice. I started punching out windows and doors because the anger was just building up in me that I, I, I didn't know exactly what was wrong with me. And in college, when I was away at school is when I had my abortion. Now, I grew up in a big family. I started taking care of children when I was nine, 10 years old. I have, I have 29 first cousins. So when we would get together, I was the oldest granddaughter. It was like, Tony, go take the children and go play. And so I love children. I even thought about going into education. That's how much I love children. But when I found myself with this unexpected pregnancy, I was doing some very heavy drugs at the time, drinking excessively and smoking cigarettes at the time. And the fear of my parents finding out that the perfect mask that I had been wearing because they had no idea of the drugs and alcohol and sex that I was participating in because I did such a good job of hiding that part of my life. I, I was fearful of, of judgment or punishment or rejection. So I hid all of that from them for most of my life. So at the age of 21, the enemy came in immediately and said, you can't have this baby. Your parents will disown you. Or not only that, this child is going to be so severely deformed because of all the drugs and alcohol that you're using. You're going to be all alone. The father of the baby is going to leave you. And so immediately I made the decision to have an abortion. I then go home for Thanksgiving, still pregnant. I am in my mom's kitchen with my aunt there. And my mother says, guess who's pregnant? I thought, how in the world does she know this? So I froze immediately. My cheeks probably turned red. I felt like my face was on fire. And she said, it's your Aunt Kathy. And I thought, oh, thank God she didn't find out. And I congratulated my aunt. I gave her a kiss on the cheek. And I thought, you know what? This is just too close. I've got to take care of this right away. I go for my first abortion. And made the appointment in a very upscale, very nice place. At, but I was so hungover from the night before that I had to stop to get something to eat. Well, when I got there, I was not supposed to have anything to eat or drink. So they could not perform the abortion that day. So I had to go and make another appointment. And I just thought, oh, if I only knew the Lord, 
here he had given me a way to escape and I didn't take that. So finally, on December 10th of 1980, I terminated the life of my child and afterwards plunged into deep despair, depression, torment, suicidal thoughts, unhealthy relationships. I was literally a mess. And this went on until I was 34 years old, till finally I'm laying on the couch just wanting to end this torment of a life. God had given me two children. And I looked at them and I said, I can't leave them without a mom, but I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. So shortly after that, I went to a small Baptist church that my husband had been attending. And I heard the gospel for the first time that Jesus died for me, that he could take my pain away. And I wanted that so badly. Within four weeks, I went in front of the church and I confessed my sins and repented and asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. And since then, it has been an amazing journey. I have come to experience the love of Jesus and his supernatural healing in ways that I can't even imagine that he would use my horrible story of abortion and turn it into something beautiful where I have the privilege of walking with other women on this healing journey and we all surround them and love on them and give them a safe place to continue to talk about their abortion in a safe and loving environment. So that is the distinct honor that I have. And it just blows me away when I see with my own eyes the transformation in front of my face when women are set free from the trauma whether it's abortion or abuse, it's just the most beautiful thing I've ever experienced. Wow is is what I, I say wow for a few reasons. Wow, because that's an amazing testimony of God's love and his healing power. But I say wow because it is a very familiar story to me. Like there are so many parallels of what you shared in my own personal experience, even at 21 in college and and having an abortion. So that is, to me, amazing. Amazing that God would use that experience to birth something so beautiful to help other people. Can you tell me here about the maybe the first person that you encountered that you were able to walk through this process of healing? Okay, so... When I first got saved, God put an insatiable desire to know his word. So I went to a Bible Institute. It was a six-year program. And I completed that. I took a couple of counseling courses, not knowing yet what the purpose of this was. Until I moved to Florida in 2005. And on Sanctity of Healing Life Sunday, 2006, in my Sunday school class, we were talking about Jeremiah. And the teacher said, So what is God calling you to do? And at that moment, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, I want you to help women feel forgiven for their past abortion. So that started my abortion healing on September 11th, 2006, that I looked at my own abortion for the first time. And after that, I did probably about four years of co-facilitating studies and just healing myself of the dysfunction from my past, my abortion, 
because that was the result of the dysfunction and my not having a relationship with God. And so to peel back all those layers, to find out why I did what I did, it was a sweet journey. So for me, after that, I went through some recovery work for adult child. And there I really got to learn what boundaries look like, how to have healthy relationships with people, how to use my voice in a proper way, because I didn't have any of that growing up. And then it was um, January of 2013. Actually, right before that, I went to a human trafficking conference. And while I'm sitting there, this was November 2012. They're talking about sex trafficking and all this, and no one talks about abortion. And I'm thinking, Lord, why are they not talking about abortion? We know these women are having abortions. And he whispered to me, that's because that's what you're supposed to do. So in January of 2013, the Lord says to me, okay, step out. I'm like, what? And do what? Don't worry about it. I will let you know what you're supposed to do. So the people that I thought would be the most supportive and would come alongside and help me in this ministry actually turned out to be quite adversarial and negative about it, saying, why would you be doing this? And the reason was that after all those studies I did, maybe a hundred women I've taken through, not one had come forward to lead another group. So instead of us multiplying, our numbers were low. And so I didn't understand it. And I asked the Lord, why is that? Because the day after they finished this class and while they're there and healing and praise God and they want to go out and help other women, the enemy swoops in immediately and says, you can't tell somebody you had an abortion. What are they going to think about you? And he silences them. So he had me start this ministry where women could have a safe place to continue to talk about their abortion with other women who've also had an abortion so that we can love on each other and encourage each other and become equipped to go out and bring other women in so that they can be healed. And so that's how it started. I started in a small church on a recovery meeting night. I was there setting up my little chairs with my music playing and not one person showed up. For three months, I did that. And I would kneel in that classroom saying, Lord, I know there's women in this recovery meeting that have had an abortion, but they're not coming. And he said, I will bring the women to you. You just be faithful and obedient to me and I will bring the women. So after that, we did meet in a church and I had a few women that joined at that point. One of them is still a part of our ministry now. And so I have a Sunday conference call that's been going on for eight years. Every Sunday at 4.15 p.m. Eastern time, we do a recovery meeting for abortion and it's a topical meeting. So every Sunday, it's a different topic. It can be shame, guilt, forgiveness, courage. And we have women that come on from all over the country that come on to our conference call. So that information is on our website at myashestobeauty.com. If you click on events, the conference call number and PIN number is there and we welcome anyone 
to come onto our call, to step out and start receiving the healing that the Lord has for them in our special community of courageous, godly, loving, healed warriors for the Lord. Man, that's so powerful. I, I had the opportunity to be on one of those calls so far, but I look forward to, to joining in the very near future. And I know when I was on there, just the, I mean, you can just sense the, the sisterhood and the camaraderie of the ladies uh, who were sharing and the openness. And it wasn't so much as a woe is me kind of session. It was more of this is who I am. This is what I'm dealing with. This is even encouragement of how I've overcome. But I saw how it empowered other women to come forward to share. And it was just this beautiful exchange. And I was like, wow, Lord, this is so powerful. I mean, I just remember April when she was telling me just a little bit about it. I was like, this is what's needed. Because like you said, especially when it comes to things like abortion and sexual trauma, it's such a taboo subject that it's not shared. There's no exchange for it. There's no platform. And then there's the opportunity to just hide it away. So then it develops into something else because now we're choosing a different way to cope. So April, I want you to kind of jump in here real quick and kind of share how you got connected with Tony and then some of the things that you're working through uh, in this program. Yes, absolutely. And I just want to say like my story is about his amazing grace. And a couple of things that we actually have spoken about in our group is family of origin. And I think that's really something that needs to be spoken about so that you can really go back. You can go back and look at what went on in your life. And one of the things that I personally have learned too through my Ashes to Beauty is that my family origin was drugs and alcohol around my family and just some stuff that no child should actually see. Let's just say that. And that's what I love about My Ashes to Beauty as well is we get to talk about some of those things and get to work through some of those things. Not just myself, but so many other ladies, as you can hear. And I just want to share John 8, 36. It says, and then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And really what I love about My Ashes to Beauty is that Tony is such a great mentor. She is someone that invests in each one of the people in the ministry, whether you're a leader, whether you're someone coming in from the outside and you need help, whatever it may be. And I'll just share how we actually connected. I just thought about that was I actually was going to go volunteer at First Care. And I had shared my testimony with a leader at First Care. And she was like, oh, you really need to meet Tony. Have you met her? And I was like, no. And so that's basically how we got connected. The lady at First Care, she told me about Tony and gave me her number. And we talked and I was able to share my testimony with her. And I love the ministry in a sense, too, because, you know, Tony believes that each one of us, like she is the person that believes in us and nurtures us and cares about us and and so really, I think I would say that if I was Tony looking in, one thing we realized with women that have had an abortion, a lot of them have been sexually abused. And so I think that's something that Tony totally could contest to, you know, women that we 
that she's talked to women that I've talked to as well. And that's part of my story at the age of 12, I was kidnapped and raped and obviously rescued for such a time as this. And I share this not to spread fear, but just to spread aware awareness and to spread when you see children that are out there missing, to just pray. Because I believe that I am sitting here today because of the prayer of the righteous availeth much. And so um, I would say that's one thing we recognize within our ministry is, is just that women that are hurting through abortion, a lot of them, unfortunately, have been sexually abused. Not so much a traumatic event. I've not met many people that have been kidnapped, but I definitely have met a lot of people that have been abused mainly by family members or family friends. And, and what we get to do is we get to walk them through that beautiful process of healing in their life. And it's just so beautiful. And I wanted to share Matthew 6, 12, and it says, and, for, and he forgave us of our sins and we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And that, that's really powerful. On top of me going through being kidnapped and raped and all that, I have had an abortion as well. And that first care is a pregnancy center. And that's why I wanted to minister in that. But I didn't realize what God was really going to do, you know, when I met Tony. And like I said, she just instantly believed in us. And it was was just amazing. So at the age of 16, I found myself pregnant and I felt like I had no choice. But I did, looking back, I didn't know the Lord then. But once I had my abortion at the age of 16, it just really wrecked me in so many ways. And I felt already wrecked from the past sexual abuse and being in a, a crazy home as well. But the the guilt and the shame was so deep. And I was just looking for someone to pay attention to me. And I thought I love this guy. And it, it just, it, it's just really sad what we do. And, and we don't have to sell ourselves short to feel important. And what's beautiful is that God brought me through a process. And I believe that <laughs> Tony was probably in this class, but it was over 15 years ago. And I think it was called Forgiven and Set Free. And once I left that class, I was, I just felt very free from the abortion. And now what I've gotten the privilege to do is to bring other women through. Tony, I don't think you mentioned, but we do a class called Surrendering the Secret. And I don't really do a lot of those classes. Tony's the one that mainly does those, but that class in particular is is really good. I was able to bring a lady through that last year and she was in North Carolina, we're in Florida. And she was like, one of her requests was, I want to be healed so I can have a baby. And she got done with the class and got pregnant. And that's what we get to be part of. And I also want to share as far as the sexual abuse, we also get to minister in that way too, through a Bible study called In the Wildflowers. And we get to be part of that beautiful process again of sexual abuse healing. And it's intimate, it's deep, but it bonds the woman together like never before. And I want to share the scripture in Ephesians 1, 7. It says, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. So I've been forgiven by, by Jesus. And 
those are just some, those are just parts of my testimony that I now get to use through my ashes to beauty to be able to impact lives. It's not about me, but it's about him and his glory. And I plan to go from glory to glory and continue to minister in such a powerful, mighty way that many people are set free. As prophesied over uh, six years ago, someone said, you're going to take people from the fetal position to the free position. And that's God's plan because he wants us free, just like the verse says in John 8, 36. So that's, that's it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm just, God is just so intentional. I, I was telling somebody that recently that he is so intentional, especially in this season, that what he's doing, he wants us all to be free and he's exposing the opportunity. He's extending the invitation. And what what I would like, and I'm going to ask Tony to do this. Tony, I would like for you to share, because the listeners of this podcast range from all kinds of people, from all walks of life, and they they have been contacting me to let me know that they're listening. But I know when the Lord does uh, things intentionally. He does them because he knows who's on the other end of this listening platform. So I want to give you the opportunity to share almost from an invitational standpoint in terms of someone who is listening to this, who has experienced an abortion, who may have experienced sexual trauma, but they're struggling with how to make the first step. If you could just share from that perspective. Thank you, Erica. We have some statistics that say 50% of the women sitting in our churches have an abortion, at least one. That's an astounding number. I feel one of the things that we can do is equip the church to come alongside a young woman who finds herself with an unexpected pregnancy. I feel these women and these children, we can save them. They already are in church. Many of them know the Lord, but they feel like they have no other choice but to abort their child. So we have actually been equipping women through Making Life Disciples, which is a CareNet course. CareNet is a nationwide pro-life organization that has over a thousand pregnancy resource centers throughout the United States. And they have this course that equips us to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to walk alongside a young woman and a young man, to pray with them, to share the gospel, to give them information, and then to love on them, regardless of what they choose. If they choose abortion, we can share our testimonies so that they know exactly what to expect. And then just to love on them and build a relationship with them. So that is one area that I would love to see pastors do something about the hundreds of thousands of Christian babies that are being aborted every year and that they would make this a priority because when a woman suffers from an abortion, I believe that it shatters her very soul into a million pieces and only Jesus can put all those pieces back together and make her whole again. And not only that, allow her to become the woman he created her to be and for her to experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give her. 
And so if you have experienced an abortion in your past, I want you to know that the day that you aborted your baby, Jesus was crying too. He was there with you. He was watching it and he knew the unhealthy ways you were going to deal with this pain. And it broke his heart because he knew how you were going to deal with this. And I just want you to know that there is, there is love and forgiveness and restoration and redemption all through Jesus. And if you would just allow him to lead you to get the help that you need, your life will never, ever be the same. Praise God. And you too will then want to help other women because it is just the most exciting work that I have ever experienced. And it is when God does a miracle, you want to share that with other people. Oh, that's beautiful. I just love it. I am so grateful for you guys. Tony, April, thank you so much for sharing on this platform. Thank you so much on behalf of myself and every person that will listen to this. I'm going to make sure that I include your contact information on your website address and how to get in contact with your ministry on behalf of every woman who has walked through this. I, I say thank you. I thank you for say, for your yes, your agreement with heaven to be conduits of God's love. And you are truly, truly, truly appreciated. So thank you guys again. This has been another episode of Authentically Erica, where we are living from the inside out. This has been another episode of Authentically Erica with Erica Thomas. Join us next time as we continue on this journey of discovery, living from the inside out authentically.